Let us worship God. A reading from Psalm 121, verses 1 through 8. I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where will my help come? My help comes from the Holy One who made heaven and earth. God will not let your foot be moved. The one who keeps you will not slumber. The one who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Holy One is your keeper. The Holy One is your shade at your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day nor the moon by night. The Holy One who will keep you from all evil. The Holy One will keep you from all evil. God will keep your life. The Holy One will keep your going out and you're coming in from this time on and forevermore. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Thanks be to God.
Well, good morning, 7th Avenue. It is, oh, thank you. You got to talk back to the preacher. There we go. It is wonderful to be back with you again. Um, and I just love being here. I'm so excited. I'm beyond excited. I feel like a little two-year-old, that kind of excitement. So to help me quell my excitement a little bit, pray with me. Bow your heads and pray with me. Gracious and loving God, help. Thanks. Amen. Okay. Now, the title of my message today is Help. Help. Now, Webster's Dictionary defines the word help as a verb. It's an action, meaning to give assistance or support to someone to provide someone with something that is useful or necessary in achieving an end. It's also defined as rescue or save. Now, one of our local authors, Anne Lamott, writes in one of her books, I do not know much about God in prayer, but I have come to believe over the past 25 years that there's something to be said about keeping Prayer simple. Help, thanks, wow. Help, thanks, wow. Lamont calls these words the three essential prayers. Help, thanks, wow. Now for me, prayer is nothing more than a conversation with the Holy One. And today, I want to focus on the first of Lamott's three essential prayers, help. So let me ask you, have you ever been in a situation where you felt like you were out of options? Your best thinking and all the knowledge that you possess had failed you. And the desperation of your physical, emotional, or spiritual pain had left you with a loss for words. And when you tried to pray, all you could muster was maybe a single word, help. Now there can be quite a bit packed into that one word of prayer, help. It might include something like, God, I can't fix this, but you can fix this if I let you. So God, I am willing to move from the driver's seat to the passenger seat, surrender, and let you take the wheel. Thy will, not mine, be done, and give me the courage Give me the courage to accept whatever your will might be. Amen. Now, after you pray a prayer like that, and that's a courageous prayer, what comes next? Well, one of the things I love about Psalm 23 is the verse, is verse 4. 
This particular verse says, even though I walk through the darkest valley. Now catch that, even though I walk through the darkest valley. According to the psalmist, I may be in the valley, but this location is not my final destination. I'm walking through the valley. It doesn't say pitch a tent, stay here, you're going to be here forever. It says you're going through the valley. So that's what comes next. Eventually... Eventually, I'm going to be on the move. And metaphorically speaking, I'm going to be walking through the valley and headed up to the mountaintop. And that brings me to the scripture today. Now, Psalm 121 is considered one of the song of ascents. And ascent is a noun. And I love to define words and look them up in the dictionary. Um, because even when I think I know the meaning, I often find that I don't necessarily know what the meaning is. So ascent is this noun that means a climb or walk to the summit of a mountain or a hill. And scholars believe that Psalm 121 was one of the psalms that was sung as worshipers ascended or walked up to Jerusalem. These eight verses in Psalm 121 provide four key truths that we can meditate on when, not if, but when we find ourselves in a valley. So verse 1, I lift up my eyes to the hills from where will my help come? My help comes from the Holy One who made heaven and earth. So the first key truth, number one, is look up. Change your perspective. Now, a couple of times a week, I walk at Lake Chabot in Castro Valley, and I try to remind myself to lift up my eyes and really see not only the lake, but the hills, the sky, and God's handiwork all around me. Because you see, when I lift up my eyes, I broaden my perspective, and I'm reminded that I am not alone. When I lift up my eyes, I remember that I have access to help from the Holy One, the Holy One who is said to own the cattle on a thousand hills in Psalm 5010, the Holy One who provided oil for the widow in 2 Kings chapter 4, verses 1 through 7. And that oil, that never-ending oil, enabled her to go from being in debt to paying off her debt to having access. These are the kinds of resources that we have access to from the Holy One when we lift up our eyes and change our perspective. Now, yes, I must do my part because faith without works is dead. It doesn't mean that God is a Santa Claus God and I can just ask for what I want and I don't have to take any action. I must do my part. And while I'm doing my part, I can rest in knowing that I will get help. I will get help from the Holy One who is able to do immeasurably, immeasurably more than I can ask or imagine 
according to God's power that is at work within me. So take a moment right now to lift up your eyes wherever you are, whether you're at home or sitting here in the sanctuary. Lift up your eyes, look up, and change your perspective. When's the last time you really took a look around at the sanctuary and the beauty that is here with us? Now, verse 3. God will not let your foot be moved. The one who keeps you will not slumber. The one who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. And this is our second truth. God is always awake and available. God is always awake and available. Now, I usually shy away from using words like always and never, because when I, as a human being, use these words, it often involves some type of exaggeration, like, you never listen to me. You're always late. Have you ever heard people use those types of exaggerations? And this often leads to putting someone on the defensive. But in this case, always and never really do apply to God. God never sleeps. God is always awake. And this information puts me on the offensive. Now, why? Because I can go to sleep and rest knowing that things are always being looked after by God. Because God is always awake and always available to me. Now, this sentiment is echoed by God in Hebrews 13.5, where God says, Never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. God is always awake and always available. And then verse 5, the Holy One is your keeper. The Holy One is your shade at your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. So our third truth is, God is in the details. Now, shade is a type of protection, and the writer could be speaking about two different detailed types of protection provided by shade. Now, the first, when a warrior went into battle, they held their shield in their left hand and their sword or their weapon in their right hand. Therefore, shade or protection was needed on the right side, which was not covered by the shield, okay? And second, Israel, and I've been there, is one of the hottest countries on earth. And the wilderness there is more like the desert than it is like a forest. So sunburn has been and still is one of the chief dangers for travelers and pilgrims in Israel. Therefore, shade prote provided protection from the sun. Now, in both cases, God did not stop the sun from shining. God provided protection from the sun. 
So that lets me know that God may not change my circumstances, but God will protect me in the midst of my circumstances. And I invite you to pause and think, can you remember a time when God provided detailed protection for you or someone you love? Because I certainly can. Now, verse 7. The Holy One will keep you from all evil. God will keep your life. The Holy One will keep your going out and your coming in from this time on and forevermore. And this is our fourth key truth. This moment, this time, and forevermore. Now, when I'm in a valley, I often feel like things are spinning out of control. And when I'm in a valley, nothing seems to be going the way that I planned. These verses, these last two verses, remind me that all I have control over is my choices in this present moment. That's it. That's all. But God. But God. Now, depending on the translation, it says, God will keep, guard, protect, preserve, watch over you, both now and forevermore. Even though my circumstances may not change, God does not change. And I can say with confidence, God is my helper. I will not be afraid. God is my helper. I will not be afraid. I can invite myself to be where my feet are in this very moment. I can invite myself to make the most out of today, this moment, as I learn from yesterday and prepare for tomorrow. I can choose to take the steps of faith that align my will with God's will and leave the results to the God who keeps, guards, and protects my forevermore. Now, I know this territory. And I was saying to Pastor Jenna just before um, we, I came up here, I don't know about saying yes to preaching here at 7th Avenue anymore because every time I do, I get an opportunity to really live out the scripture that I'm preaching. <laughs> so in the last couple of months, this message has truly been first for me as a preacher and then for the people. A week ago, my dear friend's mother fainted on Monday, and she was diagnosed with a benign brain tumor. Totally out of the blue. And all we could say was help. On Wednesday, she had surgery, brain surgery. And today, as I was parking my car, just before I came in, I got this Facebook text from my friend's mother. Well. God is good, 
Hard to believe I suffered a major seizure from a brain tumor while getting ready to do a little dancing at the fair. I am recovering, and although it may take some time to get my right foot to be back completely, I will work harder than ever before. I'm pretty determined. Thank you for your many precious prayers. I love you all, especially my kids. They are absolutely the best. So I quickly text my friend and said, can I use that text in my sermon this morning? And she said, yes. My mom said, you are absolutely welcome to use it. Mostly, she said, she wants people to know that God is an awesome God. And that is the message she hopes people get from her story. And all I could say at that moment was thanks and wow. She made it through brain surgery. She's talking and she's worshiping and praising God. And then the week before, I had another loved one who ended unexpectedly in the ICU and had to have triple bypass surgery. And I didn't know if they were going to make it. And every day, all I could say was, help. Help. And they made it through the surgery. And I can now say thanks and wow. And then, on August 20th, a dear young woman that I've known since she was two years old died at the age of 33 unexpectedly of a pulmonary embolism. She was like a daughter to me. Her mom and I raised our five kids together. My daughter was the oldest, her daughter's the youngest, the baby, the 33-year-old. And I'm still praying help for that one. I haven't gotten to the thanks and the wow. But no matter what's going on, Psalm 121 has been a comforter to me. And it has reminded me to look up and change my perspective. It's reminded me that God is always awake and always available, that God is in the details. This moment this time, and forevermore. And not just the big things, like brain surgery, or unexpected death of a loved one, or bypass surgery. I got a new appliance two weeks ago, and two days after I got it, it went on the blitz. And I stood in my, <laughs> I stood in my kitchen and I said, no! <laughs> and I just threw a tantrum, and I said, God, help. Please be in the details of the appliances, too. Okay? So God, and God fixed it. So it's, he's, God is always available. So the next time you find yourself in a valley, not if, but when, after you pray for help, rather than ruminating on the fear and uncertainty of your circumstances, I hope that you'll choose to meditate on these four key truths about our God. And I hope these truths will protect you, guide you, and give you the courage you need 
for whatever lies ahead in your life journey. And lastly, I hope that at some point in time, sooner rather than later, you'll be able to follow your prayer for help with a heartfelt thanks and wow. And all God's people said, amen.
as we continue now with the prayer chants, you are invited in the silence of your hearts to offer your prayers of intercession and supplication, those prayers for the world, for those you love, and for yourself to be given to God.
fed us in word, in song, in bread, and in community. And for that, we give you our thanks and our praise. Amen. Amen. As we go forth this day, lift up your eyes and anticipate the well-being you seek in this moment, this time, and forevermore.
And may the grace of God who created you in love, the peace of Christ who teaches it is possible to be loved, and the power of the Spirit who calls you ever forward into new experiences of love, be and abide with you this day, this week, and evermore. Amen.